0: Welcome to Radio 191 FM podcast. Now on the program, we are joined by economist Trent Smith from the University of Otago's economics department. Kia ora, Trent. How's it going? Kia ora, Zach. I'm well, thanks. Nice, nice. Now, today we're going to be talking about the um, the rational, the idea of the rational consumer in economics, which awesome. I'm sure you have been very familiar with.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what we're all about in economics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from, from from the first semester, that's, that's all you hear about.
0: The rational consumer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I I say that kind of in jest because I I teach the behavioral economics paper at uh, at Otago here at Otago, and it's that's sort of the exception, right? It's where you say, oh, what if consumers aren't rational? Then what happens to economics? True. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is my area we're in here.
0: I'm glad that we've got the we've got the man for the job. Uh, mm-hmm. Now the idea of the rational consumer is essentially founded on the belief that consumers will uh, always or at least mostly make a rational choice in their own self interest when buying something. Correct.
1: That's right. Yeah, and that's actually why economists care about this, right? Yeah. Is that they we care about markets, right? And we 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 want that we want to see this magic happen in the marketplace. And in order for the magic to happen, you need sort of on the seller side, you need the sellers to be, you know, trying to provide consumers with what they want, but on the buyer side, you need consumers to know what they want, mm. right? And, yeah. and that's so part of that is that they do have to like behave behave as if they were rational and doing what's best for themselves when they're buying, buying things out in the marketplace. Right. Right. So how, how
0: would you say like hegemonic or popular of a concept is the rational consumer in today's, in today's world? Is it still quite, quite an established Um,
1: thing? Oh, well, yeah, well, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the, the, um, you know, like I say, behavioral economics is a bigger, it's where, you know, sort of where psychology and economics come together. Right. And, uh, that's a bigger and bigger field in economics all the time. Like everybody knows about behavioral economics and, uh, but you don't necessarily see it in first year. You do, you do see it mentioned here at Otago in our, in our first semester paper, but that's, um, that's almost, that's probably the exception globally. Right. But then, you know, just beyond that, you know, most people in New Zealand haven't had more than one semester or less of, of, of economics, you know, education. And, um, and so you do in like in, in political discourse, for example, it's you know, there it mostly is when we talk about economics, it mostly is sort of in the rational <clears throat> rational framework, right? That this is how we think markets should work and, and maybe how they do work for the most part, right? It, Where yeah. people are doing what's best for themselves. Yeah. yeah.
0: Of course, like the same in politics. When we're talking about international actors, there's the idea that all states are acting in their own rational self-interest as well. Yeah, yeah, and um, a rational voter, right? It, yeah, it's, rational it's voter. It's used a lot. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah, in The in rational social choice. Social sciences and politics. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, what would you say are the fundamental underpinnings behind the rational consumer idea? I guess just the fact that we need some way to assume that everyone is acting in their own self-interest all the time.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So there are a couple ways you can break the rational. I, I guess there are two main ways you can break the rational consumer. Uh, um, one is just to say it's, it's just to say, well, okay, because people might be rational, but um, maybe they just don't have full information about everything, right? If, if we live in a world of costly information, suddenly that could cause problems, right? In an economic sense, in the in the in a market sense, right? If if um, if people don't have full information about what products are on offer or what what an appropriate price is, what what prices are available. Um, then there's room that that sort of opens the door for I guess you might call it um, sort of market manipulation or fraud or you know misinformation um, affecting uh, affecting market outcomes and, and these can be terrible things right you can have really bad things happen if if, if that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not, but that's still sort of within the realm of the rational, most people would say, right? And and economists would as well, right? That's not behavioral economics when you're talking about information problems. Um, You sort of bring psychology in, and I do both actually in my behavioral economics paper, right? Because I think it's actually can be hard to distinguish between sort of psychological phenomenon and sort of a costly information based phenomenon when you just sort of zoom out and look at the behavior um it, it, but anyway that so so i so i but if if you bring in psychology it, even separately from the information problem um it's this it creates the same kinds of problems right so now if people have psychological quirks where they might be that they might that might lead them astray in the marketplace it makes them susceptible potentially to manipulation by sellers or politicians or whoever right yeah. who is trying to get the yeah get the support? yeah yeah
0: Mother, yeah 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 so Shit. Sure. Um, now, do do you think people,
1: for the most part, actually consume rationally? <laughs> well, you're probably asking the wrong guy. <laughs> I spend my days thinking about this, right? The ways in which markets break down <laughs> because of these problems. Um, I don't know. I mean, in the in the you know, I mean, sure. For the most part, markets work pretty well, right? Like I, I can't think of a better way to organized economies right but at the same time you need to sort of recognize the ways in which they can fall short right Um, you have to recognize that yeah you know advertising might might be providing useful it does provide useful information to people but on the other hand some forms of it uh, might be misinforming people or it might be manipulating them psychologically right and those that's just the nature of of you know, human nature, right? You have to recognize that's possible and that uh, mm. uh, there are definitely going to be cases where places where you should probably worry about that. Yeah. So so how, so would you say that um,
0: looking at behavioral behavioral economics is a much better way of analyzing how consumers buy things than just the, assuming the rational uh, consumer? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's why I love behavioral economics because it, yeah, it's sort of, be, if, you, if you study the phenomenon and, and sort of with the, you know, with the rational model in the, in, in the background, it lets you zero in on the places where it matters, right? You can focus on, Oh, here's a place where I do a lot of my research, for example, in, um, you know, processed foods and how they're engineered to, you know, they're, you know, engineered by these, these massive food companies to stimulate people's appetite in, in ways they don't understand. Right. So there's both a sort of an information and a, and a psychology problem there. Um, that's massive, right? It's, we have these global epidemics of diabetes and obesity. I would argue because of a market failure, right? Because you've got these you've got these massive uh, monopolistic corporations, uh, you know, generating this substandard food and and uh, coursing or manipulating people into uh, you know adopting this as their as their main form of sustenance. Mm.
0: Would you say that supermarkets are also a good place to analyze behavioral
1: economics? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can uh, you can, you know, the uh, what the 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 lollies at the checkout counter is the big one, right? Like, uh is that really uh uh is that there because it makes money or is it there uh you know, to serve the consumer? It's it's uh, it's
0: or how um, how pricing things affects people's behavior as well. Oh That's yeah, so
1: that is fascinating. And unfortunately, most of it's secret, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like it, I can't, uh, you know, go to the supermarket chain and say, uh, "Give me your secret pricing algorithms or your secret marketing tricks," because they're all proprietary, right? No one wants to give those up. Yeah. So. And it and Frank, but frankly, you know, the 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 big the big uh, you know big corporations, supermarkets, or or otherwise um they know much more about that than we academics do right it's it's really it's actually a hard thing to study because so much of the best expertise in the world is proprietary and therefore uh highly secretive
0: you need to conduct industrial espionage to get those <laughs> things out maybe you could help me out <laughs> <laughs> but as well but as I was that. looking for volunteers
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um as well as that i guess um, in terms of pricing is how when they when they reduce prices, how that affects the brain and how we interpret price oh, drops. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Percentage so, so versus in, the actual in, yeah, value. So yeah, so induced
1: scarcity is induced, a big yes. thing. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so, so we've got this sale that ends tomorrow, you know, or, or uh, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, while supplies last, uh, this sort of thing. Um, that's that's almost always induced scarcity, right? It's not that they're gonna run out of this product after tomorrow. It's that. Sure they want you to buy it today that's yeah. why they're saying these words
0: yeah we have got too much stuff to get rid of yeah <laughs> it's a very very fascinating field you oh think it's, it's great fun
1: how, how is it very established field behavioral economics so it um <clears throat> it behavioral economics entered the mainstream of economics in 2002 when uh daniel kahneman won the nobel prize in economics so he's he's literally a psychologist he's not trained in economics oh, okay uh, but he did some of the foundational work in, in behavioral economics in the late late 70s um, won the Nobel Prize in 2002 and since then you haven't been able to say that behavioral economics is outside the mainstream you know you don't win a Nobel and, and uh, still get to call yourself a, a, a fringe player. Thanks for listening to
0: a radio 191 FM podcast There are heaps more at r oneconz